Jaspers took away. Jaspers gets your money's worth. Now, that was exactly. You gotta play it, right? <laughs> we are the champions, right? What's up and welcome back to Propel's Talk, episode 75, presented by Boot Crew Media. It is the home of your 2021 Summer League NBA champion, New Orleans Pelicans. My name is Justin Napoli, alongside Elliot Clough, host of Pelicans Plus. And this podcast is sponsored by The Company Burger, located at 4600 Ferret Street, and Ornitos Tequila. Elliot, uh, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, not ideal setup with the podcast right now, but uh, we're we're working on it. And I'm happy to be back on uh, the uh, airwaves starting yesterday and now here today too. So yeah, I'm good doing good. I, you know, how how can you be bad after being the summer league champions? I don't know. I mean, like first off, five and zero in Vegas. I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna dive right into it. Okay, so 2021 summer league champs in my in basically all of our opinions. Uh, they go five and zero. They go perfect in Vegas. Um, they average 85.6 points per game in 10-minute quarters, which is extremely impressive. Uh, defensively, they hold opponents to 70.8 points per game, um, and they had a 70 point, 70, a plus 74-point differential. Like, it was a really good showing here uh, for the Pelicans, for a new head coach and Willie Green, and uh, you saw a lot of good things, right? And the way the season ended last year and the whole offseason with Zion, and we didn't really hit him free agency and things like that. Uh, Elliot, give me your thoughts on what you saw in Vegas and, and, and some positivity finally around this franchise. I think what we saw, um, obviously, it's it's a little different for the Pels because they had so many guys with actual NBA experience on their summer league roster. But I think we kind of already saw a buy-in yeah. to Willie Green. Like, like it's 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 so apparent. We saw how much uh, like the the players have praised him so far. First round pick Trey Murphy. Najee Marshall and it's not like the the required co- like conversations about their coach like we heard about SVG last year like they just it felt like it was they were compelled to say nice things and they weren't even really nice things um so I think that's that's the big takeaway for me and if you can get guys like that to buy in um I I I'm hopeful that it translates obviously there's no guarantee but there's, I mean, we've heard nothing but good things about Willie Green, and um, and you've got, you know, uh, what one fifth of the roster bought in with Kyra Lewis, DD, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones. Um, the defense is just on Way another better. level, and that's just, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I think you have guys that actually want to defend, right? So we're gonna get an Herb Jones and Trey Murphy and DD as well, but. Those three guys defensively are extremely good. Um, and I, I'm glad you mentioned Trey Murphy because we're going to get into him right now. Is I, did, I, I knew he was good. I didn't think he was this good, right? And so he kind of popped off that first game uh, against the Bulls when he goes you know, 6 of 9 from deep, 9 of 15 from the field, has 26 points. And people are like, wow, this, this guy might be something. He, he continued that um, basically through the summer league. Uh, and he shot 50% from deep. He averaged 16 points per game, seven rebounds, three assists. We knew he could catch and shoot. I didn't realize that he was that much of a defender, right? And so um, imagine, you know, Trey Murphy right now, and no disrespect to these guys, but he's being surrounded by Kyra and DD and, and Herb and, you know, 
all you know, different, like Jose Alvarado. Imagine when he's around Zion Williamson, you know, Brandon Ingram, the Josh Hart's, Devonte Graham. This guy's gonna get wide open shots, and we've seen in summer league, like either you can make a shot or you can't. Like that's gonna travel, and this guy answered the bell, shoots fifty percent from deep. He is the exact guy that this team needed a three and D guy. Now people are talking about, Hey, this guy might be a starter. I mean, he can, he can do more than what he was pegged as too. Like I had the two draft evaluation guys, Ethan Piotta and Derek Murray on the podcast or on my podcast, whatever it was like a week before the draft. And they were like, yeah, he can't really put the ball on the floor. We haven't seen it. Uh, he didn't do it in Virginia. So right. Uh, it, I mean, he didn't do it at Virginia, so it wasn't necessarily something that I'm blaming them for not making you know the connection for. But right. we've seen him do it now in the multiple summer league. Times. He can basically. Sorry, I, I'm sorry, but multiple times, and I think even Schmidt said it like during one of the games. It's like this guy might become a three level scorer, which was not a thing. Yeah. Uh, during his you know draft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, this. I heard this on a podcast called Noble and Roosh with uh, with um, Ball is Life. We had Noble on in on the mock draft that we did, and he's been on my podcast before too. Trey was on their podcast, and he yeah. said that, believe it or not, he was 5'8 when he was a freshman in high school, graduated college, or high school at 6'5, and now he's 6'9. So I'm, I'm honestly, I think he's still growing. Like, I mean, he's 21, so he could end right. up at 6'10", 6'11", in this type of touch. I mean, who else have we seen like that? I'm not going to compare him to Kevin Durant. I was going to say we're not going to compare him to Kevin Durant. Go no, ahead. but but the defense, the IQ, right. the length. I mean, he's he's going to get bigger in the weight room, too, with uh, with Aaron Nelson and, and, the, and the staff in, in New Orleans. And I mean, I, I just have seen nothing but good things. The maturity and the self-awareness for this kid is incredible. I don't know if you saw, I interacted with his mom on Twitter. She re- oh, quote tweeted one of my, she quote tweeted one of my tweets about Trey. And I was just, I said something about how he's been a joy to watch and uh, that he's a great interview and all that. And she was like, Thank you. He made it easy to be his mom. And he always shouts out his parents like being 21 and having that type of relationship with your parents. And I just, I adore the kid. And I, I, how can't you, or how can you not right now? Yeah. And and listen, and I want to talk about defensively, how good he was against Kaminga. Is that right? I struggle with his name, but he made a huge block late in that game. He, when, when he, we needed a stop, he rose to that occasion defensively. He's been really good. He's long. He's quick. Uh, he has great angles. He closes out great. This guy is exactly what this team has needed for a while now, right? And so oh, yeah. it's interesting, and I know now it's starting to be talked about that he might be in the starting lineup and is Nikhil Alexander-Walker going to come on the bench? But now you kind of have like six guys that could be starters, right? Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Trey Murphy, Zion, Brandon, and then obviously JV. But that's a good problem to have. It's something we haven't had in a while. And either way, that makes your bench that much stronger as well. So the emergence of Trey Murphy, the showing he did in Vegas was extremely impressive. It's a huge, huge deal uh, for this franchise that they actually, they traded back, right? They've traded back in the draft and people are like, oh, we're trading back. And they still hit on the draft. 
And that is a great thing. And sent Eric Bledsoe gone, sent Adams gone, and still got Trey Murphy. So um, we've been hard on David Griffin. And, you know, maybe free agency didn't go as planned, but the draft did. And I'm about to talk about that second-round pick in Herb Jones. I thought when we drafted him, Elliot, um, second-rounder, we knew he couldn't kind of shoot, but he was, a, you know, all SEC, he was SEC player of the year. He's a, he was a great college player. What I saw in Vegas is he's not a G League guy. I don't think that he's even close to a G League. I think he's an NBA guy. Now, is he going to be in the rotation? Probably not right off the bat. But at the same time, he has the tools. Defensively, he's, an, I think, um, did Trey call him a sh- uh, straight jacket? Who called him a yeah, straight jacket? Yeah, Trey Murphy called him a straight jacket. And, like, he just showed out, too. His length, his quickness. And offensively, he's really not that bad. He's extremely crafty. Going to the rim, he creates – he can – he has a, a nasty Euro step, like disgusting. I dis- he left Patrick Williams against sh- in Chicago. Like he left him on the other side of the court with that Euro step. He's good going to the goal and he's a little bit of a lefty. He doesn't have the right hand touch, which is fine with a little lefty. But if he can develop a shot with Vincent, this guy becomes a problem too, because I loved what I saw from him. I mean, energetic, long, athletic, gets to the rim, not, not scared of contact, rebounds well. I like him too, Elliot. The athletic frame, just his athleticism and the frame are purely exactly what you want in any NBA player. Like that is, that is peak what you want. And the fact that he is intense defensively and Trey referred to him as straight jacket. Golly, you love that. I was going to say, you love that shit. You love that shit. (laughs) You can say that. Yeah, <laughs> we saw him make shots. Like, it's not like he has a broken jumper. It's not like it's completely gone. Like, he has the tools to, right. to make the shots. He's got to work on, work on the touch around the rim for sure. Um, but I, I was one of those people who was like, man, I, I didn't know much about Herb Jones. I was kind of hoping for, you know, a swing for the fences and like getting JT Thor or uh, I, I don't I can't remember who else was on the board around that spot. Maybe even going out and getting the the point guard that um, that the Hawks ended up with, who was Sharif Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went out and made the decision. And I think it's been made fairly clear that the scouting crew in New Orleans kind of knows what they're doing. I mean, I, I think we were all very skeptical initially, obviously, with Nikhil Alexander Walker, with Jackson Hayes, um, Kyra Lewis was he was okay last year. I mean, he wasn't fantastic, but there were moments where we were all like, Oh my gosh, he has to play. And I, I am gradually starting to trust this scouting staff a lot more than I used to. Um, And obviously we have to see this be put together in an actual NBA game, not, not in the G league. We're all excited right now. And, and rightfully so, but I would love to see this be put together in, in the, in the regular season too. And I think, I mean, Herb has all the tools to do it. Oh yeah, for sure. And and there's some guy we haven't talked about yet is Najee Marshall. I don't think we need to because I expected what like I expected him to do that this uh this summer league. I mean, he averaged 16 and a half points a game. You, you know, it was, I think it was close to a double double. I think he might have actually averaged a double double. I know he was on a triple double watch uh last night. People didn't want it. people wanted to get a triple double in a summer league game, which is just not worth it. But um the only problem I had with Najee, and it was actually I was thinking the same thing, but I saw your tweet is that he tried to be kind of Superman uh, in that Golden State game, a lot of ISO ball, and 
I don't think he'll do that with a branding or Zion Williamson, but it was kind of his team. So I see that, you know, he's not a guy that can really create a shot, but he's a very effective basketball player where he's going to do all the kind of the dirt. He's, he's in essence, Josh Hart, uh, a little bit better of a shooter, a little bit thicker, a little bit bigger, can guard uh, multiple positions. Um, so listen, Najee Marshall is another positive of this team. Um, and I don't like to try to get negative, but I, as you know me, Elliot, uh, I'm a huge Kyra Lewis fan. I've tried backing him up for a while now. I'm a little nervous about him. Um, I thought this summer league, I, I, I wanted to see a jump, not necessarily a jump, but a, a step in the right direction. Now, he did average 12 and a half points and six assists and things like that, but I wanted to see his three-point percentage kind of like take off a little bit, and it just didn't. I think he shot 26% from deep in summer league. Uh, he had a really bad, I mean, a really bad game against Golden State. Um, I think he might have had four points when I'm going over seven from deep. Like it, it was it was a struggle fest for him against the Warriors on Sunday night. Um, I'm interested, Elliot, to see if he starts uh, in the G League because there's no point with uh, Sato, you know, being most likely the backup point guard. Now, uh, I don't necessarily see a roster spot for him. You know, I, I think Herb Jones jumps him. I think. Uh, Najee Marshall, obviously, you got Josh Hart, you, you got a lot of guards, stuff like that. I am I missing something here? Uh, I'm a little nervous about Kyrie because I do think that he is a good player. I think he needs as much minutes as possible. And I think what they did with him last year and just basically made him rot on the bench and not, you know, he didn't really get a summer league and he get a G League. What do you think they need to do with Kyrie? I would put DD in the G League before I put Kyra in the G League. Um, based on I think what we saw, especially. Yeah. So based on especially what we saw with the summer league and the fact that DD has had fewer NBA minutes. Also, um, in terms of panic button, what one, it's a summer league. It could just be a bad stretch where his shots not falling too. It's five games, right? Sure. Um, and I think I think his defense is underrated. He had yeah, a couple yeah. moments where he's hitting the the mid-range shot during the uh during the summer league. Yeah, it's just you know I'm not worried about rather it. him. But would you rather him rot because he's not he's behind? I don't know who's going to be your one. It's supposed to be like a Zion or a Devontae Graham. But like, is it beneficial for him to get six seven minutes a night, or is it more beneficial to put him in the G League, let him get that thirty minutes and you know thirty minutes a night, let him work on some stuff and things like that? That's that's where I'm kind of going with it right now. Do I think he's been the G League all year? Absolutely not. I do think that it will be beneficial for his game, his confidence, and obviously in the offseason and injuries, things can happen. But if we're fully healthy, I don't see Kyra uh, being in that top nine, ten rotation. Yeah, it's it's tough to find a spot in there for him um, in, in the nine, nine, ten rotation because the, the it's so deep, right? Right. And this right. might be the first thing I've ever seen you agree with David Fisher on because I saw a tweet from him last night <laughs> that you wouldn't be able to see. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't believe you announced that in my podcast. Maybe my skin crawl. <laughs> I'm sorry, but um, I it's tough for me to think about putting Kyra there, especially to start. Um. Mm-hmm. I Explain I, I, why, because, because I'm seeing, I don't see six, eight minutes a night beneficial for his game. I don't. Yeah. And but you don't get to practice much, much in the season. Like, you know, like there's not much practice. Like there'll be, there'll be those preseason games and things like that. There's just not a lot of practice time. And then also if he's getting six, eight minutes a night, 
Miss Kid's 20 years old. His confidence seems a little down, and everybody's confidence was down with Stan Van Gundy last year, so I don't even necessarily count that year. I still think he's a rookie. Um, I just want to see. He's just, I don't know. I, I see why you don't want to put him in the G League, but I see why I want to put him in the G League. So he gets the <laughs> minutes, stuff would, like that. It's, it's a tough have, call. I would have to think about that a little bit more. Um, I, I, I think that obviously he can benefit and you don't want to put him down there right away, at least in my opinion, because, well, you just got a new coach, right? You're getting right. A, a new crew of, of players in as well. You don't necessarily know how it's going to mold. You don't necessarily know how that'll work. And and I think they're going to, well, they're, they should get a hell of a lot more practice time this year than they did yes. last year. I'll tell yes. you that um, as to how much they're going to practice. I couldn't tell you. Um, I'm assuming it'll be uh, less than what they did with Stan Van Gundy. I think that's probably a fair, uh, fair, fair guess. But I would say that. Do you? I mean, do you think he plays more than Thomas Sadoransky? Like, like it just depends know. on how, how much you value value Sato. I, I mean, from what I've, I haven't really watched much film on Sato, but like from what I've heard, he's a pretty good bat. Like he's he's just an average run-of-the-mill good backup point guard that's like not going to hurt you and things like that. And I love Kyrillis. I love what he brings. I think he's going to be a good player. I just think him in the summer summer league, him in the G League, just makes a little more sense to gain some more playing time, um, maybe get that confidence up. But, you know, listen, Elliot, we're going to see preseason training camps going to open up, and we're going to go from there. I mean, obviously, any, anything can happen. You know that. Um but I do want to talk about Willie Green's debut, and I don't think it could have gone any better, um, especially for a rookie head coach. Uh, going perfect in the summer league, I love that he coached the team. I think that's a very uh, great – and I usually know rookie coaches coach the summer league, but I think it's just a great move uh, to let him coach and then it just got rave reviews from all the players, right? You, you got everybody – positivity, positivity, positivity. What did you see? What did you like uh, from Willie Green? I think we saw it first. I mean, we just saw it firsthand that he is an NBA head coach. There yes. was questions just, I mean, just about the fact that he hasn't been a head head coach before. And it's just, he has the demeanor. He has the intellect. Obviously he has the ability to convey what he's asking of, of players. And not only the fact that he got that experience as, as the head coach of, of the summer league squad, but also that and you know and and worked with the players but he got to work with his staff yes right i mean yes. fred vinson and, and Teresa weatherspoon who Casey are there yeah everybody was there yeah they're both massively important obviously we know about d'antoni and jerron collins being new hires but those two and having a good relationship with those two is vital especially coming in with this roster who had trouble with stan van gundy last year if you have a good relationship with these two and you can see, hey, you know, or even ask them stuff about, hey, how does BI like to do X, Y, Z? How do you right. how do you work with these guys? What do they prefer? What do they not like when you're when you're having a conversation with them? When you're trying to um, to to improve a, a jump shot or or passing or a play or whatever, um, I I love the move. I just. After that podcast that I had with Dwayne Rankin from uh, the AZ AZ Central AZ Republic, yep. I was all in on Willie Green, and I have no reason to have backed out of that. 
I am I'm just a huge fan. I, we get a lot of coach speak now as opposed to Stan Van Gundy, what we got in those post-game uh post-game media sessions, which is okay. Like that I'm totally fine with that. And the the rave reviews, Trey Trey Murphy said, Yeah, this guy can really coach. Like yeah, I, I'm excited for the for the regular season. And that's that's your first round pick. Done. You got him. He's 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 bought in. And I think you can say that the same thing about Herb Jones and and probably Kyra and DD too. Um, so, and Najee, which is very important. Najee yeah. said some very positive things about him last night. And I think the players highly respect Najee and like Najee um, that are on the regular season roster. So I, I just think it's been handled incredibly well. This is just a complete role reversal of what we've had uh, last season with how much it sucked. Yeah, it's definitely been a roller coaster, and that's that's just the mo being a Pelicans fan. It's just always right. <laughs> it's just a roller coaster all the time. But the the one thing that uh, kind of stuck out to me um, was in that Warriors game uh, late late in the game. I think we we needed a bucket down two. I think it was. Yeah, and we drew we drew up a sideline out of bounds and. What was interesting is that Willie Green trusted Herb Jones to get to the rack here, right? So he, the Warriors run this by the time it's a down screen. Herb Jones kind of catches around three point line. Kyra comes off really hard. You you fake the handoff and turn the corner and it's on the left hand side. Herb made a, a crazy move. I think he went up and under all with his right hand, missed it, and then Trey tips it or Najee tips it back in for the tie, and then we win in overtime. But just seeing a set that works. And then making kind of an adjustment, right? So, like, everyone knows Najee, Trey, Kyrie, your top three. But he goes to Herb Jones. He kind of, like, maybe, like, hey, I might like this matchup here on the left-hand side with Herb Jones. And that's the kind of thing that you just never saw with saw Stan Van Gundy. Like, you just never – it was so plain and vanilla. And, and Willie Green, right off the bat, draws up a beautiful sideline out-of-bounds play that he probably got from Steve Kerr of the Warriors and things like that. And that's what he can bring here to this team. And – I, I just really, I really like him. As you said, I love his demeanor. He's very calm. He's very cool. He's very collected. He kind of lets them play, which is what you want from a coach. You want to let them play. Sam Van Gundy, every set called him. He, every play or every possession either called a set or kind of try to control it. You're never, you're just not going to be that good of a team when you control the game for the whole, for 48 minutes. You're just not. It's one of those, it's one of those types of leadership that, you know, I have this box and as long as you stay in this box and everybody, you know, respects one another, we're good. And we right. work hard. You can be as creative as you want in this box. And even, right. I mean, if we step outside of it, that box continues to grow as we earn each other's trust. And I mean, that ATO, having an ATO freaking work one time right. shocked was, the shit out of me. Was, I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, we haven't seen it in two years. So no, it, was, it was just, it was finally nice to see someone be creative, I guess. Like everyone's like, oh, just give the ball to Zion. Like Sam Van Gunny was just, I don't, you know what? We're not going to mention his name. Um, a <laughs> couple more before we wrap up this show. Uh, thoughts on Josh Hart? Um, kind of, I, I don't know yet, right? I, I, I don't mind the contract. Um, I don't mind the player. I think that he needs to be a way better three point shooter for him to be effective. But at the same time, I think now he's not your sixth man off the bench, and that's not a bad thing, right? I that's think that's a very good thing. Right. And, and I think we we kind of discussed it all last year is that Josh Hart's your sixth man off the bench. Like that's like your bench isn't that deep, right? Now he's kind of like seventh or eighth kind of guy now, and he can run a second unit and get hot and be 
a filler and things like that. And that's how I like him at, in his role. It could be a little bit of an overpay, but Elliot at the same time, they didn't really have much, many other options. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with the overpay. It, I think it rewards a guy who has been around and wanted to be a Pelican. And on top of that, I mean, the kid is just, he's a hard worker and he's beloved by uh, the, the fan base as well. And I think what it's, it's showing a little bit of, of goodwill towards the players that have stuck around and that wanted to yeah. be in new Orleans. And that's, that's a good look. Even when JJ is trashing the franchise, that's a good look. Uh, and Josh Hart, I know <laughs> buy the shirts, buy the shirts. <laughs> They're on sale. You can DM me right now. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am a okay with an overpay. Somebody responded and who's interacted with us for a long time and interacted with my podcast for a long time. I think it was, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but um, Twitter handles are tough to remember. Yeah, they are. Well, <laughs> yeah. But he said, you know, Josh Hart does everything better than Buddy Heald except shoot. I was like, well, shooting's pretty important. So, <laughs> and like, I would have loved to, to go get Buddy Heald. And I think that's what the fan base was really enamored with right now, rather than right. bringing back Josh Hart. But Josh Hart, I mean, and it's true. Josh Hart does a lot of things really well. He is 6'5 and does defend pretty, pretty well. I mean, I in that overtime game against the Celtics, he was a real irritant for Jason Tatum. Tatum scored a lot, but he was still a real irritant for sure. Jason Tatum. Like you can't stop the guy. The best no, one of the no, best scorers in the league. No. So and, right. And he's a defensive rebounder. And we haven't yeah, so seen that from I think he's, for his size or for his position, he was top two in the league. Is that right? Maybe I couldn't tell you. I think it was either top two. I think he was either number one or number two. I, I saw a tweet, but he, 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 listen. Josh Hart is a good basketball player. Now, if he shoots 35, 36% from deep, he's a really good bat. Like, because he does all the small things for your team. But if he can be a guy that shoots corner threes and is a spacer, then he becomes a really, like, a really good player for this team. Um, and I think that's kind of the knock on him, right? I think last year he lost a little bit of confidence in his shot and did a lot of pump faking. You saw him pump fake a lot and kind of drive. He is a little out of control to the goal. He doesn't. He he has one speed, and if you're in front of him, he's just going to run you over. But at the same time, I don't mind Josh Hart coming back. It looks like he wants to be here. It's going to be possibly a tradable contract in the future. So I have no problem with it. I kind of listen. We're better than we were three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We just are. And if you don't think so, then you, I don't know what else to tell you. Like we're a better team. I, I'm. I'm okay with not overpaying for Lonzo, even though I did still want Lonzo. I wanted Lonzo back. A lot of y'all didn't. I'm glad his stands aren't back. I'm so glad they're gone. Um, but other than that, you got rid of you got off Bledsoe, you got off Van Gundy, you got off Adams, you bring in JV, you bring in Graham, you got Trey Murphy, Najee Mark. This team is a lot deeper and more talented than last year. I don't know. Oh, if I thought you froze. No, I was, just, I was, yes. I was waiting for you. <laughs> I agree. And on top of that, they've got these middle of the rotation guys that want to play for the Pelicans. One yes. that have <laughs> that bring intensity every single night. Two, which is huge for this team yes. because we didn't see that from Brandon Ingram and Zion. Really hoping we can this coming year. Um, and then the, and also like Herb Jones, 
and and Trey Murphy. Those are four solid defenders on the active roster. And then you throw in DD, who you can throw in DD at any point in time. And you can do this with Herb Jones too, where if, I don't know, they're playing uh, the, the Grizzlies and Jaws going off, which we haven't seen a lot of when, when the Pelicans play the, the Grizzlies, but Jaws going off. And you say, DD, you can rack up a couple fouls. Just go out there and piss off John Morant. Like right. just irritate the living hell out of him. And you could say the same thing to Herb Jones. And that's pretty useful. Yeah. That's pretty and, useful. No, absolutely. And and the I wanted to piggyback on one of your points you made is that you said energy. And I think that becomes infectious because it now pushes other guys. Like I felt like last year, it was kind of like Josh Hart's automatically coming off the bench. You know, Jackson Hayes automatically, you know, like now there's like talent around. Right. And so practice becomes a little bit different now. You can't, can't just kind of like half-ass it right at practice or in games now now there's going to be competition at multiple positions right herb jones and trey murphy are hungry to get there kyra as we mentioned doesn't want to go to the g league right so he might be pushing sato he might be pushing graham things like that and that becomes a good problem to have and that's what i saw from this vegas team and we already see it from willie greens that that's what he's going to expect um as last night i mean it was you saw the timberwolves just sailed like they just like ah we're out of here like we're gonna get out of vegas the pelicans they like came to play like it was game seven or something like that like they came to play and that shows what willie green brings to this team is that i don't care who we're playing i don't care what our record is it doesn't matter you're gonna play hard or you're not gonna play at all i truly think willie green is the x x factor because when you have a coach i mean i i i think i meant to reference it in a podcast yesterday we've all played high school athletics, right? right? There's a difference in how you play with a coach that you like and respect versus a coach that you dis- like have disdain for. There is a massive difference. It's and just like going to work out there. Day. And I'm sorry. I mean, it's exactly. just like going to work. It's like, if do you like your boss, you're going to do more. It's just like going to work every day. If and you like your boss, it's not gonna- just like, but like, and respect, but like, and respect right. out of in like the intelligence and the fact that he's been an NBA player before, and he, you know, he said to Chris Paul in that whatever it was, like Game Four of the the first round of the playoffs, "Look, we need more from you. You're yeah. not you're not bringing enough right now." And Chris was like, "Well, I tried to offer an excuse," and and Willie's like, "No, we need more." Right. And if right. that's coming from somebody that you deeply respect and and sure. truly enjoy working working for it's like it kind of ignites a little fire and, and then nice. there, there's that trust built it's like okay all right i hear you let's and go that, do it you know that's what the problem was from last year i don't think a lot of people talked about this Elliot. is that we knew brandon ingram didn't like van gundy right and so like it just take it just take an example for an everyday job if you don't like going to your job and you hate your boss you don't really have many much motivation to go to work. And listen, I understand it's a basketball game and Brandon Ingram is making $25, $26 million and needs to be professional. But if you don't like the guy and you don't respect the guy and who knows what happened behind closed doors, I expect Brandon Ingram to have a relationship with Willie Green. He showed up in summer league. He, from what, from what I saw, he's very cordial to David Griffin. He's very cordial to Trajan, Willie Green, all that different kind of stuff. That's going to carry over. And I think you're going to see a different Brandon Ingram this year on both sides of the ball. Um, and as you said, I think Willie Green will be the X factor. I heard this quote from somebody that I 
like and respect, who uh, is a pastor at, at one of the churches, was a pastor at one of the churches that I went to when I was in college. And I, I paraphrasing, I don't know if this is the exact quote, to the degree that you perceive poor leadership is the same degree that you rebel. And that's when you show up and say, F it, you know, right. screw it, I, whatever, yeah. I'm done. I don't want to do this. That's what we saw last year, especially defensively, because he kept asking for defensive pride. Right. And I don't think he's a bad defender. There's no way Brandon Ingram can be. It's it's not possibly that long, that quick. I mean, he's only, I know he's not quick, but like he's long and he's not slow is what I'm saying. Right. And right. so like, I think you're going to see a different Brandon Ingram this year. Um, last question. And then we're going to log off. People wanted to say, or people said, I've had a couple of DMs. I'm sure you had too. Um, what do you make of Zion not going to Vegas? And I'd, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I I think Zion's just like a very quiet guy anyways. And if he were to go to Vegas, he'd be hounded 24 seven. And it's just, it probably wouldn't be fun for him to be honest. Like he's not like LeBron, right? LeBron can go wherever. I just, he's just a quiet kid that likes loves Duke and wants to play video games. Like I, I don't make, I mean, make a big deal out of that. Yeah. He's in this. Yeah. I completely agree with that. He's in the spotlight all the time anyway. Like, why would he go to a place where it's, I don't know how hot it was in Vegas. I'm assuming it was hot as balls. By the way, Charles, Charles, I wanted to to point out Charles here. So we had a debate on what's worse, New Orleans heat or Vegas heat. And I was like, dude, New Orleans humidity. I went to Vegas. It is hot. I was like, holy shit. I like, I like undersold it. It was like, it was desert hot. And I was like, this is not fun, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) So August or yeah, Las Vegas in August, the spotlights on him all the time anyway. And he would have been hounded at summer league. He had an opportunity to go back to a school that he loved attending in college. I'm not this. He's got other stuff to do. Like he doesn't, he does not have to be at summer league. It would have been kind of cool to see him there. Be like, oh, Zion's there to do that. I'm just, I'm not. I mean, like Paul George wasn't there. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Cat, they weren't there. John Morant didn't go. De'Aaron Fox. Like, there's just, it is what it is. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Okay. Neither. Good. I'm glad you're not worried about it. So, anyways, Elliot Clough, make sure you go follow him on Twitter at Elliot Clough. I think his handle is right there. Um, he does a great it's job small, at Blue but- Crew Media. I know. We got to fit. I love the little. <laughs> Oh, this way. I love the ticker. Uh, shout out Lala, but I love the ticker. We just got to get a little little bit uh, maybe on the bottom here. But go follow him at Elliot Clough um, on Twitter, and he runs a great podcast on the Pelicans and NBA as a whole at Pelican Plus. Once again, 2021 Summer League champs. These shirts are in Pels 12 versus the world, so screw you, JJ Reddick. We're coming back at you. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Pro Pels Talk at Instagram, on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, once again, shout out to Company Burger and shout out to Ornitos Tequila. Hope hope to see y'all soon. Off season is here now, and we'll talk to y'all later.